place of expression of love, peace, and hope to show our friends, our neighbors, and our communities, and the world. You know, as a body of believers, we are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. When we reflect Him and do His work as we grow in our relationship with Him and in our relationships with each other. And the theme of this year's Back to Church, as you can see, is Together. And as I thought about that, I thought of perhaps something you played with or still play with, I don't know, called Legos. You ever heard of Legos? They're great toys. They're little plastic things, but by themselves they don't do very much. But if you start putting them together, you can make fantastic things. This picture up here about to come about Legos. There's a picture of some... There you go. You can see... Yeah, Legoland, look at all that stuff you can build. But separately, they're just plastic things that can't really do much. But putting them together, they can build something wonderful. By the way, it was a Danish toy company that began in the 1930s that first introduced Legos back in the 1950s. And now they still sell them. And now you can build models of castle, cars, airplanes, spaceships, etc. for all these different Legos. Look at that. That's something to see. All those Legos coming together to make that. And as you think of a church as a collection of diverse individuals from all different kind of backgrounds, education levels, socioeconomic standings, individually we may not be much. But collectively put together, and we come together as the way God intended, a creation much greater happens in the individual's. See, in here there is no division. In here what binds us together is stronger than anything the world has to offer, and that is Christ. That's what binds us together. And we come together. We are working as one. Our text this morning is in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 17 through 22. And Ephesus was a great city. At one point, you'll see some pictures. There's where Ephesus is at. You kind of get your bearings. You see the boots of Italy over to your left, and then you have Greece, and there's Athens and Corinth, and you can see Ephesus. It was a a port city. It was a a city that was bustling. It uh, had a lot of people coming and going. You'll see a picture of the street here, of the ruins of of Ephesus. There is a, as you walk down, you can see what a great city it was. I believe that was the library at the end of the street. But as you can see, they built stuff back then to last. That stuff's been standing there for a long, long time. That's the ruins of Ephesus. And it's also the place of one of the uh, seven wonders of the ancient world, and that is the Temple of Artemis. We have the ruins there. They're still standing uh, it was, it's one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And now if you go to the next one, you'll see an artist's rendition of what that temple looked like. So it was a place of worship, different cultures coming together, very multi-ethnic ethnic, uh, group of people there in Ephesus. And Paul knew the culture and the challenges that they faced by other ideas, beliefs, and practices. And they needed the strength of unity to grow and survive just like you and me. And today we begin a four-part series entitled, Together We Find Peace, Together We Can Find Love, so on and so forth. This is the first one that we're going to have. And in our world, we seek peace in many different ways. 
We seek peace among the nations. We seek peace in our cities, peace in our families, and peace in our churches, and peace in our minds and hearts. Let's look at the text starting in verse 17. And he came, Jesus, and preached to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. By the way, that word in the Greek literally means holy ones. And are of God's household. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, or some translations, the chief cornerstone. In whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Heavenly Father, continue to speak to us through your word. Mold us and shape us in the men and women you've called us to be. Christ, we pray. Amen. So the first we see there's peace in unity. Look what it says. We are no longer foreigners. Some translations may say aliens or strangers in verses 17 through 19. Let me ask you a question, all right? Rhetorical question. Do you ever find yourself or someone you know searching for a place to belong? In fact, I would argue before you this morning, the way we even dress and act is our sense of wanting to belong to a group. We want to be accepted into a group. We want to have friends and we want to be accepted by them for who we are. What a powerful video that was. Golly knows. So many people are in a crowded room or hurting inside. You know, we talk about Facebook friends and all this other stuff. And so many people say, well, I have 5,000 followers on Twitter or Facebook, but how many of those 5,000 people will be there at your lowest point in your life? A lot of us have a lot of acquaintances, but how many friends do we truly have? And let me tell you, as your brother in Christ, we are to have that close relationship. You can come to me with anything, and I need to be there. That's what's supposed to separate us from the rest of the world. People searching to be part of something bigger than themselves. And where can you experience something like that? Look around you, the church. The church is supposed to be the place that all those classifications that separate us out in the world dissolve and no longer exist. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter your education level. Does not matter your social economic standing. In here we all have the same footing at the cross. Of Christ. Rooted in the restoration and unity brought by Jesus. I've already said this. We cannot claim a higher position or status because we all have the same status. And I'm on a platform. This is not a stage. I'm not an actor. <laughs> this is a platform. So let me come down here and make this point. We all have the same footing. And you've heard this passage so many times, but it bears repeating Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For we are saved by grace through faith, not the work of ourselves, so that no one can boast. 
The only difference between you and I this morning is I'm held to more responsibility because God's allowed me to be an under-shepherd of his body. See, this church doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. And he's given me the responsibility to lead you and to love you and to care for you. And I know those times it's hard to love me and sometimes it's hard to love you. Let's just be honest. But what binds us together is what? Is Christ himself. There's peace and unity. There should be a, a, when you come in here, you just go, oh, I'm with my family. These people truly love me. They care about me. They've demonstrated over and over again. See, none of us can claim to know it all or have it all together. Let me tell you, everybody in this room has their story. Something I've learned over 15 plus years in ministry is everyone has their own story. Where you've been, what you've done. You know, God knows all that too. But in spite of all that, he still loves me and he still loves you. We all experience the same needs. We've all been offered that same gift because grace does not allow exclusion. Instead, it brings us together in unity. Jesus broke down the division of eternity between God and man when he dealt with the sin of humanity. See, sin separated us from God, but he tore that down when he took a cross upon himself. And he also broke down the, the, the social barrier and the racial barrier between Jew and Gentile. He made us into one man. He brought peace. Real, lasting, ultimate peace. Now, we won't really experience that peace fully and completely until he returns again. But through his death and resurrection, the door of peace is open to us all. Opens up to unity as a definitive characteristic of God's people. We should be known as people of peace. Let me just make one qualifier on that. Just because we strive for unity doesn't mean uniformity or sameness. The church of Ephesus was full of diverse people. We need to celebrate that because what binds us together is any stronger than any differences we may have. It's the gospel of Christ. We're all coming together with all these different things, all these different gifts that God's given you to come together for one reason and one purpose, to build the kingdom of God. You can do things I can't do. God's given you a gift or gifts. When's the last time you took a spiritual gift inventory? Now, those are man-made. Don't pigeonhole yourself, but it gives you a good idea what gifts God's given you. Some of you have already demonstrated to me, I've just seen this, that you are truly prayer warriors. I mean, you get down in there, boy, you just get a hold of it, and you ain't going to stop until you get an answer. Look what's happened. God is answering those prayers. Some of you have demonstrated the gift of mercy and kindness. We've had some people recently go home to be with the Lord. You, you show that kindness and gracious to other people. People recognize that. Hey, those people really care. They, they truly love me and love each other. So we do not find peace by separating ourselves from the world or each other. We find it by leaning into the grace and unity that Jesus brings. So let us be a people of unity. Let us be a people of peace.
verses 20 through 21, we see the way of peace. We're all being built together. Because see, peace is not just a one-time event. Peace always has to be, in this world, always has to be chased after or, or tried to approach it. Because every time we turn around, there seems to be conflict. Because we live in an unpeaceful world. Any peace that we experience is somewhat limited in this world. So Jesus invites us to return to him and to each other again and again. The prophets who foretold the coming of Christ gave him the title Prince of Peace. And through his death and resurrection, he made the way of peace available to each one of us. When we surrender our lives to him, we embrace the way of peace. Can I just give a... Do you remember... Pilate was really puzzled how the people could praise Jesus coming in Jerusalem. Hosanna in the highest. Praise he comes in the name of the Lord. And just a week later, there they are shouting, crucify him. So Pilate thought, well, if I just have him scourged, that will be enough to satisfy the crowd. Because I don't want the peace over here to be or uproar because Caesar will come after me. So he has them scourged. Of course, they almost beat him to death. And Jesus is standing there and Pilate's standing there beside him. And the, the crowd is yelling, crucify me, turns to Jesus. Can't you say anything? What are you going to say? Don't you know I have the power of life and death? And you know what Jesus says? The only reason you have that is because it's given by my father who's above. See, Jesus had that peace because he knew no matter what happened, his father had him in his hand. He knew the plan of salvation. And what you're going through right now, any situation you may be facing, there is peace. And just letting go and say, God, I know you can take care of this. And if you thought about this, did you get up early this morning and watch the sunrise? Or if you watch the sun go down? I like it when the sun goes down, it goes so cool, then all the mosquitoes come out on the back porch. I love it. God is the one commanding that stuff to happen. He's the one who created it. We call it the laws of nature. I call it God taking care of his creation. If he, as the scripture says, calls out each star by name, if he can take care of all the planets and the stars, down to the smallest thing we can't see with the naked eye, the atoms and all this other stuff. If he can take care of all that, don't you think he can take care of you and what you're going through? So when we let go, there is peace in letting go and giving it over to him. The peace we see in this world never seems to last. The good news is that As believers in Christ, our peace goes beyond any circumstance or a feeling. Our peace is never changing because of the all-present God. Jesus knew the hardships his disciples would face, and he promised them peace. In John chapter 14, verses 26 and 27, Jesus speaking, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, By the way, the word helper, the Holy Spirit, it's paraclete in the Hebrew. It means someone who comes alongside. Did you see in the video where that girl was was thinking about just cashing it all in? And that person did what? They came alongside of her and pulled her away. 
That's what the Holy Spirit will come alongside of us. Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. And look what he says. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. And just as he promised, the Holy Spirit is continually with us, and he is our source of peace. But we still need reminders. We all need encouragement and support. That's the reason why church attendance is so important. Having Bible study at home with other believers is so important. Why having fellowship with other believers is so important. So we can encourage each other, pray with each other, come alongside of each other, and lift each other up. That's what it's all about. The minute that we separate ourselves, we're setting ourselves up for failure. So we we need each other. Like I said, all of us in this room have our story. And we always compare ourselves to other people. Don't do that. Listen to the voice of truth. Stop listening to all this lies out there banging your way at you, telling you who you are, what you should wear, what you should do. Listen to the very one who created you to how to live your life. Peace. Is God's presence. He is our peace. And you see that in verse 22. We see in our world every day struggle with anxiety, depression, and isolation. Headlines proclaim divisions and conflicts of all sorts. From personal disagreements to political wars, both ideologically and physically, we need peace. But see, peace is not a thing. Peace is a person. Look back at verse 14. Look in the text. What does it say in verse 14? He is our peace. Look at verse 22. See, we we find peace both personally and as a body in relationship with Christ. We experience experience it as a fruit of God's spirit living in and through us. See, peace is not something we can create ourselves. It's the Holy Spirit that brings us this peace and enables us to live it out. So you can't have peace with yourself and with each other until you have peace with God first and foremost. He's the one that created you. You look back in the book of Psalms that we read that he's in the womb forming you and knitting you together for a reason and for a purpose. You have value. You have worth. And when you experience a relationship with the very one who created you, that is lasting, true peace. Together as believers, look what it says. We are the collective, if you will, dwelling place of God. We are not alone. Look what the text says. We are citizens. Family, and most importantly, a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. You're no longer a stranger or an alien. You are a member of God's household. We talk about miracles all the time. And we can see God moving even in the darkened circumstances. But you know the greatest miracle that we see? When somebody, before they came to Christ, was an enemy of God... 
an alien, a stranger of the God's family, now because of Christ and his work on the cross, his death and resurrection, now has become a member of God's family. And here, here it is. It depends on nothing that you've done. It's all because of the work of Christ on the cross. You say, yes, I come to you in faith, Jesus. I put my trust in your work. And then you become part of the family. See, it's not about getting everything cleaned up first. It's about coming to him as you are. Let him clean you up. You're, you're now part of the family. And while our struggles may not magically disappear, together in the middle of our struggles, we can experience peace because we have the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we can offer that peace and demonstrate that peace to others because it's the Holy Spirit that gives us that peace. Seeing together, we find peace. Are you looking for something? And no matter how hard you try out there, you just can't seem to find it. Because the world always promises stuff they cannot deliver. Peace is not ignoring difference or conflict or reality. Peace is not an image to be upheld or a feeling to be pursued. But peace is the presence of God in his people. The Holy Spirit enabling us to experience it and to remind each other and the world that he is the source. When our, where anxiety and fear abound, we can be a living reminder as God's people that God cares about the details of our lives. Just bear with me for a second. If you turn over to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and following, this is Jesus speaking. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. But they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more worth than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek after these things. For your Heavenly Father knows what you need. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. The first thing I must do, my number one priority, is seek and chase after God and his kingdom and his righteousness. He'll take care of what I need. I've never missed a meal. I have clothes to wear. I have a church that I can serve. 
I have a wife, three beautiful daughters, a granddaughter, who is the princess, by the way. Can I say? And we have another one on the way. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) And because God's blessed me so much, I need to share that with people I come in contact with. Tim, how can you how can you have peace? It's not because, you know, I have my times when I worry and I'm concerned, but I have to stop and think, wait a second, God knows about this. He's in control. Why am I so worried about this? How many times has God proved himself faithful time and time and time and time and time and time again? And yet sometimes I still find myself thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? What am I going to do about tomorrow? Well, I'm not even promised tomorrow, number one. I need to focus on today and where I'm at and focus on him. And he'll take care of me. Like those Legos that we talked about earlier. We fit together to form the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. He fills us and enables us with the peace of God. Why do we come back here week after week? Why do we invite people to come? Because we have that peace. We want them to have that peace. And while we come here, we realize this great truth. You ready for this? We don't come to be part of the church. We realize by coming here, we are the church. This happens to be a building where the church meets. The saints, the holy ones, hagias, that's what you are. If you're a believer in Christ, that's what you are. Not because what you have done, but because the precious blood of Christ covers your sin. And when God looks at you, he sees that blood atonement and he proclaims you holy. Can you imagine that one day? You'll stand before God as we sing about one of those songs. Perfect and blameless before the throne because of what Christ has done. Wow. I'm called his child. I'm part of his family. Together we are so much greater than the sum of our parts. We encourage and support each other when we are weak. Together we reflect the nature and relationship of God. And my first question to you today, do you have that peace? Do you have that peace that only you can receive when you come to Christ and you turn everything over to him? You know, the definition of insanity, the most simplest definition, is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And maybe you have found that peace and you came to Christ. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but that peace seems to be escaping you because maybe some things have come in and taken your attention off. And you're seeking satisfaction in other things. Maybe you're just not ready to let go. Isn't it amazing? Am I the only one in the room that when I really stop and think about it, I have trusted God with the most important decision a person can make. Your eternal destination. That's huge. Eternal. I mean, once you go that way, there's no going back. If I trust him and trust in Christ through his sacrifice on the cross that I'm going to be in heaven one day, then why do I find it so hard to let go of all the simple things here on earth? Someone please answer me that. You know why? I still have some of that human pride in me. Especially being a guy, we like to fix things. 
women, you just want us here. We just want us here to hear you talk through your problems. And we're constantly thinking, how can I fix this? That's how we're wired. Sometimes God says, Tim, don't worry about that. Listen to me. Or how many times have we got into a, a bind because we wouldn't listen to him and we went out and did it ourselves and we messed it all up. God, where are you at? And God said, well, Tim, I was right here the whole time. You walked away from me. And that can happen individually. It can also happen as a church. So you have that peace. Let me just say, let me just challenge you with this. And I see it happening, especially after we went to reset together. I see us collectively just starting to let go and saying, God, you got this. Use me however you see fit. Would you pray that this morning? Use me wherever and however you want. You better be ready because when you say that, it's okay. And I'll say this again. He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. He's want to see if you're going to step out there. He wants to use you in this church in ways we can't possibly even imagine at this moment. It's starting to happen. Can you see it? It's starting to. What does God lay on your heart this morning? Perhaps it's going to pray with somebody. Perhaps it's coming down here. Perhaps have a relationship with Christ for the very first time. Perhaps it's place a membership here of this local body. Whatever it is, please do not walk out of here without doing business with God. I need you. You need me. But most importantly, we all need him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. You haven't abandoned us. You walk with us every step of the way. You come alongside of us and help us. Father, I pray that you would teach us how to let go even more. To let you have complete control. Father, you have proven yourself faithful so many times. And I know, dear God, there's some in this room that are going through some difficult circumstances. And I pray, dear God, that they will experience your peace, which surpasses all human understanding and knowledge. Help us to be. Mold us to be. Shape us to be people of peace. May your spirit have his way here today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me please?